0: geniuses. One lost to time and academia, the other hiding behind his own insecurities with a costume of bright colors and an accordion. Two musicians talented enough to be in every conversation about the great song artists of the last 100 years. They both allowed themselves to deconstruct their art form. Like Pablo Picasso, these two giants could clearly do run-of-the-mill musical productions on par with the elites of their day, but instead chose to sacrifice their fame and fortune for their artistic integrity and our laughs. Today, we talk about Weird Al Yankovic and Tom Layer. They both were the tuning forks into comedy. <coughs> to another episode of the DTF Podcast. Uh, We are gonna have a great time today because not only do you have your illustrious host Sam Norton here. Hello again. I know you guys all love my fucking smarmy voice, uh, we have a new fun thing. I have uh, the man who actually helps me do this podcast here with me to help me out and be my expert today. Since we were talking about uh, musical comedy, I have a musical comic with me, a man that's both talented with jokes and with piano, guitar, and other things, the illustrious Ryan Walker. Say hi, Ryan. Okay, hi. (laughs) There you go. So we're gonna deconstruct together uh, <laughs> these uh, these two giants of the industry in the most pretentious shitty way possible. Up way too high. Hey, you know, we all. I've earned <laughs> it though, so it's worth it. We've all earned it. <laughs> You're a lucky audience. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna deconstruct together uh, the two people that we have today. Uh, Ryan actually picked out. I yes. I I know that this podcast uh, is about me. Uh, completely deconstructing the form of comedy and being an expert on whatever I'm talking about, and I'd like to think that there are areas that I am an expert on, or at least I can claim somewhat. You do think uh, that? Yeah, I I think I can. I think I can claim some ability on that. You know, I'm a nerd, and I've been doing comedy about <laughs> for sure, a decade for sure. now, so I can. There are some, but there are some areas where I'm woefully uh, ignorant. Oh, not ignorant, because I I don't steer away from these guys. I'm naive.
1: And yeah, you just don't
0: know. So I had to bring Ryan in. Uh, this is something I wanted to talk about, which is musical comedy. And it is something that he knows uh, way more about. I would, I would think that you're an actual expert. You, you both know jokes. You've been doing comedy eight, nine years now? Like eight years. Eight years now. And he's, you've been playing music since you were a tiny kid. Uh, since, yeah, like 12. And it's fantastic. Uh, the, uh, just a Tad. Uh, theme song was actually made 100% by Ryan, so he knows what Ooh. he's doing. He can actually put notes together to make a song. I cannot. <laughs> so uh, the two people that we picked today uh, were both uh, Weird Al Yankovic and Tom Lehrer, and we're going to talk about Tom first. Yeah. Now we'll get into him real quick, uh, just to give you a backstory. He was born in the Upper East Side of New York. He's a New York Jewish man. He became, like, he was a practicing Jew, but then later became agnostic in the 1940s. And he said agnostic because he didn't want to be labeled as a communist atheist, which I'm sure he was. <laughs> he
1: probably fought that off a
0: lot. Yeah, probably. Especially during that time. Probably <laughs> still fights it off. Yeah, it's like, but I can
2: play the piano.
0: Yeah. Hey. <laughs> uh, Zip it is up, and up. Now, Ryan, I've not, here's the thing. I feel real shitty because I, I did not know anything about this man. And so I'm gonna give you guys a little bit of a backstory, uh, just as if you were me and had no idea who this guy was. He—he's uh, really cool. <laughs> amazing. He—we—the uh, dude's a genius. Yeah, we, he, the bonafide genius, grew, grew up uh, in New York. At the age of 18, graduated magna cum laude from Harvard University. All right, at 18, at 19, he already had a master's degree after he graduated the year after he got a master's degree in mathematics in a year in a year <laughs> then went through the doctoral program then started teaching at MIT Harvard like the dude is a certified genius all right not only that he was also in the military he got the rank of corporal went through and was a uh, some type of mathematician in uh the i'm assuming aeronautics but he was a, he was a corporal in the military and there is a story that has been confirmed that he, in the military during that time, to circumvent their alcohol, uh, what, prohibition, I guess is the right word? Uh, the rules. The rules. He is credited with inventing, he said, uh, and it's credited with inventing jello shots.
2: I <laughs> hear that sorority girl's...
0: And sorority boys. Yeah, it was invented by a genius musician comedy writer. (laughs) That's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, and he was born in 1928. He's still alive today. He's 87. He's just out teaching. And like I said, he he was lost to academia. I believe he does uh, shows here and there, but uh, he kind of went out of the public eye uh, to get back into academia. But this man, uh, we're about to listen to his a uh, clip that we picked out. Now, this was filmed back in 1967 in Copenhagen, Norway. Apparently, he Copenh- got Norway or Denmark. Denmark, sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh Copenhagen, Denmark. <laughs> and uh He's got another special from Norway. From Norway, or, sorry. Or, or live
2: performance recording. I don't uh, called them specials yet.
0: Yeah. Uh but he uh, he apparently got uh, big in America, but then, Ryan, tell the story about uh the Queen of England. Okay, well, uh, back in, in when
2: during his comeuppance, the so Queen of England was very uh, musically inclined as well. She really, uh, she could play several instruments, knew a lot of musical history, and just through, you know, just underground tapes and things, you know, punk rock style, became a fan of Tom Lehrer's and uh, just invited him, like, gave him uh, accreditation. I can't remember exactly what the proper term is. It's, like, some kind of Latin term, uh, but you can find it on Wikipedia somewhere. But, you know, just honored him with basically her, her blessing, and, of course, you know, that just gave him, instantly gave him a musical career throughout Europe, just exploded all over the place.
0: So she touted him all around Europe and he had this, and this is why he was uh, filming uh, this particular thing in Copenhagen. But he uh, performed in America too and just to give you guys the context of what he's about to sing, I want you guys to pay attention uh, to the actual lyrics of what he's saying and then uh, even more importantly what he's saying before the song. We found this uh, clip and I absolutely adore it. And uh, I, I want we're going to pick apart the uh, subversive uh, joke structure that he has and what he's saying when he's saying it and using musical comedy to kind of diffuse the situation. So pay attention to that. We'll come back and uh, dissect the shit out of it. Thank you.
3: well it seems we have time for one more and this is one i always like to close with Uh, recently there has been a great deal of ferment in the roman catholic church involving uh, more liberal changes in particular they have permitted the use of vernacular language instead of latin in portions of the mass they have uh, made optional the eating of meat on friday this uh, uh, this pleased me very much because I've always felt there was a basic inconsistency in the church dogma there. You see, it was all right for a soldier to kill a man on Friday, but it was a sin to eat him. <laughs> so, uh, also, uh, they have permitted uh, the use of some secular music in portions of the liturgy. And I think that last was a particularly good idea. At, uh, Inspired me with the thought that if they really want to sell what they have to sell What they should do is redo some of the liturgical music in real popular song forms So I tried one with the ragtime form and it is called the vatican rag First you get down on your knees, fiddle with your rosaries, bow your head with great respect and genuflect, genuflect, genuflect. Do whatever steps you want, if you have cleared them with the pontiff, everybody say his own Kyrie zone, doing the Vatican right. processional. Step into that small confessional. They're the guy who's got religion. I'll tell you if your sin's original. If it is, try playing it safer. Drink the wine and chew the wafer. Two, four, six, eight. Time to transubstantiate us. So get down upon your knees. Fiddle with your rosaries. Bow your head with great respect and Genuflect, genuflect, flex Make a cross on your abdomen. When in Rome, do like a Roman. Ave Maria, gee, it's good to see you. Getting ecstatic and sort of dramatic. And I'm doing the Vatican. All
0: right, uh, that was Tom Lair doing the Vatican rag. Uh, loved it. Loved the. I love how
2: at the end they're all clapping together during that McCarthy
0: interview. everybody. Yeah, one. everybody, everybody clapping together. Everybody has one. Everybody has one. No, not oh, from the herd. No stammering claps. Uh, no and, individualism. Uh, Yeah, uh, so that song is called The Vatican Drag, and we'll get into it. Now, here's the thing. We, we're going to be talking about musical comedy, so we're going to be talking about music and comedy. Mm-hmm. Now, that was pointed out to me that this is a sample of another song called the Spaghetti Rag. Yeah, he just kind of took the main, just basically the
2: main... um,
0: Riffs uh, and parts of it? Yeah,
2: yeah, the main parts of the Spaghetti Rag, and just kind of repurposed it for his purposes. Like, it's not 100%
0: the same, but basically. You know what I mean? Well, you said earlier uh quoting Ryan from earlier when we were kind of researching all this, Ryan said whoever plays ragtime knows what they're doing be- because they know which wrong notes are the right notes. Now explain that cuz that sounds awesome, but I don't <laughs> completely understand that just from a musical standpoint. Okay. Well, you know, like it it has to do kind of with
2: like jazzy type sounding things. It it creates tension. There's a lot of tension in the ragtime music, but it seems, comes across as playful. And if you're gonna just talk, you know, uh, diatonically about a musical scale, just you know, just a regular C scale, blah 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 it's pretty boring. But if you add what are called accidentals, it, then you get into some jazzy stuff, some ragtime stuff, and it just creates that tension, which gives it a, a richer feel and it makes it more fun. And then when with ragtime in particular, it just makes
0: it more poppy. And bubbly and just bouncy, or so you have to know what you're doing to mess up enough to mess up, but not enough to mess up the whole song. Right, right, and it, it, yeah, yeah. It's so it's, instead of going ba 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 ba, you go ba 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 Exactly. But mine was shitty. But anybody who does it right <laughs> would do it right. No, that was fine. If that's what you're going for, then that was the right. Those were the right notes. Fair. Okay. Well, I wasn't. I probably wasn't going.
1: Oh, you weren't there.
0: Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that I mean, musically. uh, I, I I don't have much musical talent, but that sounded technically great. And oh, for we sure. listened to some other of his songs, but this one in particular, uh, I, I think why we chose this one is because it is a it, it is a sampling of another song. But it, it you said it was sped up as well. Like he did, he actually make it his own in in some uh, minor way, using like his own. It's,
2: it's well, yeah, it's clearly influenced from the spaghetti rag, which uh, goes back to, like, 1910 ragtime music and stuff like that. But, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and then he just kind of repurposed it for his own. I don't know exactly, you know, I don't know. Every third note is a little different. You know, I don't know if, as far as, okay. it, you know, in terms of that. But, <clears throat> sorry. But, yeah, he just he clearly just took from the original and made it his own. Just uh, Kind of building
0: upon what was already... Building upon a foundation, if that makes sense. No, fair enough. I just wanted to get... I I wanted to get past that to now talk about uh, the main thing, is jokes, in that... Uh, that first joke, by the way, uh, absolutely adored it. That's why I wanted to throw it in yeah. there. Saying uh, that... You kill a soldier on Friday, but it's a sin to eat him. Yeah, I... What a zing. <laughs> that, yeah, great zing, and... I, I think we both believe, and you pointed it out to me, that this was around the same time as Lenny Bruce started coming up, and he was doing what Lenny Bruce did kind of in the clubs and the underbelly. He was doing it out in front of the queen. Yeah. Maybe maybe not as harshly, right? Maybe not as harshly, but he had music to have that biting satire. The, the spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go exactly, down. Exactly, exactly. And he had this, you no, know, more palatable. And if you oh. if you look him up, if you get a picture of him uh he's he's not a bad cat to look at either he's a sharp dressed man, you know, and he's in front of a the piano cut. he looks he looks kind of like a good old boy just playing uh playing fun songs, but he's sitting there. Uh, you know, I think you pointed out he made ball jokes, which I didn't even catch the yeah, rosary beads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like get down on
2: your, get down on your knees, fiddle with your rosaries. Come on. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, do you think? I mean, this was back in the '60s, but do you think he was making uh, observations in that about the Catholic Church, like fucking around with little boys, or do you oh, think well, that was way before that? Well,
2: that's people have made jokes about Catholic priests. For a long time, I wonder... Sodomizing young, small boys since the beginning of the Catholic Church.
0: And I I wonder if that was another thing... It's like Cosby raping chicks.
2: It's always been known. No one's just busted it out. Yeah, maybe.
0: (laughs) I mean, just the fact that we're talking about the... the, And that's that's what really turned me on to this guy whenever you brought him up, is the fact that when you do deconstruct it, more the more you're like holy shit was he saying this like if he was saying it then it's even more genius than yeah. it already is like his name he's full of layers yeah and, and <laughs> jesus okay. and it's it, the worst joke of the podcast i love <laughs> i love i mean and let i mean let's be honest too right it was funny but it was it laugh out loud funny nope. no no because it's satire. It's
2: satire and that's satire.
0: Yeah, which means it's it's clever comedy, which notice that we didn't say it's funny, because whenever you hear people like it's funny but it's not funny. Yeah, it's funny, it, but it's not it, uh-huh. It's it's funny in the way that you don't like gutturally go ha ah, oh you made me laugh. It's funny in the way that you sit and listen to it and go that's funny. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that hey man that is funny. Like you're Ooh. entertained by it but you'll it's the difference between chess and football like boy look
2: at that move versus you got a touchdown.
0: Yeah exactly. Like you 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 can listen to the if if you were a a, a Polish Jew In the 1930s, you could have the Nazis roll in and listen to this album, be very entertained, but not get caught in your (laughs) addict. You'd be like, wow, that is real funny, but I don't have to audibly say anything because I'm, uh, I gotta be quiet right now. (laughs) So I fully admit that it's not like, it's not the funniest (laughs) thing in the world, right? It's not, oh my god, but it is, I mean. The, the 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 appreciation I have for this guy more than anything uh, was brought up with like yeah holy shit he was he was saying some real biting satire uh, pointing out like social going after social taboos and stigmas uh, in a time where one you don't say social shit like that right. two uh, don't be if, if you're Jewish and you're making fun of the Catholicism like that's what Lenny Bruce got in yeah, trouble yeah. for. Was going it's bad after enough that Catholics make fun of Catholicism, but a, a Jew, yeah, Jew, yeah. It went, <laughs> and on top of that, like Lenny Bruce, went, I mean, he went through the ringer with everything. I, the fact that this guy didn't—he was as famous as he was—and mm-hmm. didn't have anybody go after him with even the shit that he was saying in music, I think, is a testament to. How great the music power can... of music! I, that sounds super fucking cliche, but is it? I don't think it's wrong. No, I think it's a good
2: point because it, it, again, it's just the spoonful of sugar. Yeah, and he's kind diffusing of... it by yeah,
1: because yeah.
2: if you if you go up and tell someone, hey, you're a real piece of shit, but if you you're gonna get punched in the face, but if you do a little tap dance,
1: ha-ha, hello, are
2: you You know, and it's did... classic gestureism, just you know, just po- showing the pointing out that the king. Catholic Church has no clothes on. Just a little rat with a little ragtime. Little
0: rat, yeah, a little ragtime ditty. There. Yeah, and we we were also we were also saying that like this song, this song especially sounds like something that could have been in a Mel Brooks production in like mm-hmm. the seventies or eighties, just making fun of what the. It sounds like the Inquisition yeah. song.
2: It's the Inquisition. Inquis- yeah, it
0: sounds like they just could a
2: classic musicals. Well, like, he studied musical theater, right? Like he. Uh, we learn about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He uh, he teaches musical theater, or at least taught it at uh, in different universities. I don't remember MIT or Harvard, which one. But like you know, he taught mathematics, taught political science, taught musical theater, And Jello shots, And Jello shots. The man's
0: got the man's got a resume. He's got a resume. Uh, yeah, he he taught uh, musical theater, and so the the man. It, 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 unabashed genius like that doesn't that, that's <laughs> that, that, yeah. it, that dude's still around he's still teaching uh which i kind of wish he would come back out and i'd like to see if he's still got the chops enough to uh you know that'd be great i'd like i'd like to see him uh you know talk about politics and stuff like that and see, that would see what he could do uh, being 87 you know he's got to be more angry than he was at... <laughs> that's right yeah someone who was that kind of scathing already doesn't get just Less angry,
2: yeah, yeah. You you definitely get more Especially angry the more,
1: yeah,
0: because he, he's in a world of morons. You and I are <laughs> morons trying to talk about him, is it? Can't have a conversation, yeah. How many times have we said uh already, yeah, exactly? We're we're, I mean, we're we're too appreciative, idiots, but at the very least, and uh, that's what we got going We for do this. our research, we do our research, we know his name. Mm-hmm. How many uh, times did I have to pronounce it for you there, buddy? Uh, enough <laughs> now, uh. Here's the thing, with Tom, do you think, with his body of work, and especially the song, do you think the jokes came first when writing it, Mm -hmm. or the music came first? And then, what do you think was more important to him? Like, structurally, I guess.
2: I think in this particular instance, the jokes came first, because he did borrow from the spaghetti rag, so he used kind of just... All right, I'll use this. I'll use the spaghetti rag to kind of make these points about you know the Vatican, you know to 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 pick you know to paint the Vatican in such a way. But with some of his songs, um, like, um, oh, what is poisoning pigeons in the park? I think, I think uh, it was just kind of equal equal parts music. And um, but
0: this one in particular, you think he wrote the jokes first, and then was like, all right, I need to make it. Make it uh, more vaudeville and like sh- shabadi jazz. yeah, to, and because the, the the undercurrent. This is something that I, I don't ever have to think about when I write jokes, but with music. The This song could change if he took the lyrics and put it behind a rock groove or a hip-hop groove or something else. Oh yeah, it would have a completely different feel. An almost completely different meaning, because mm-hmm. this one kind of shows the ridiculousness, because you just imagine cardinals and pontiffs and everybody just sitting there with jazz hands like doing the campaign. Just, yeah, just, just kicking,
2: kicking that da, da, like, Boy, nothing bad's happening today.
0: So does that... I'm assuming so. And I... Because... Obviously, we don't know, <laughs> but that that definitely goes into the thought process, right? And,
2: and absolutely has to, because you're when you're writing like a goofy song, you think of it as a whole rather than if you're just doing a straight up, you know, uh, just a straightforward joke. You're just kind of going from point A to point B to punchline. Whereas with a like a it's more it's closer to like a sketch, I uh-huh. uh, mean, uh, like a song because you're think considering the whole arc. You're considering everything all at once, and and
0: it's like like a sketch or a painting. Yeah, it's like he's he's framing. So the the joke is the joke stands alone, but the music is the the atmosphere the atmosphere or the uh, area the space that it works in. That's yes, I would. Yeah, I like the way you put
2: that. That's, (coughs) That's good.
0: So yeah, if they were doing a sketch, you could do most great like great sketches you can just do in a black box theater but mm-hmm. then if you add park benches and shit then you it can it takes it to another level takes it to another level another so, layer and that do you, that's what separate I'm making my uh, that's uh, own observation but I think that's what we were talking about is that that's what makes him the the first to do what he did not only because uh he said what he said with uh the taboo Uh, topics the satirical just the modern take on musical comedy but the fact that he put both satire into the lyrics and the jokes and satire also into the music Mm -hmm. is something that through our research I didn't see before because before you had bands like playing the same style of music every time but He did different styles for each song, yeah. Which is what almost every since him is what every uh, kind of musical musical comedian does. They do like, oh, hey, here's a country song. This is what country song guys do. And then he here's a rock song.
2: Here's a classical sounding song. And he was, yeah, he was definitely kind of became the face of, or at least one of the first. I mean, because there's always been there's of course there's always been silly songs and funny. People doing silly songs, you know, like Spike Jones and you know things like that, and all the way back to vaudeville times. Of course, of course, sure, sure. But I think he was the first one to just kind of um, take it to that next level, or at least became the face of that kind of thing.
0: Well, yeah, combining combining both areas. Like I'm sure there were people that did, uh, you know, different genres of music but then didn't have the social bite that he had and there were people that probably had social bite maybe before him that didn't have the musical mm-hmm. chops but it seems like He's, he was the first one to combine both of them yeah. into what most musical I mean you go out to any comedy club anybody with a guitar or chick with a ukulele or whatever the fuck is <laughs> on every time I say it it all it all kind of seems to not blend together but it it all it seems like it came from the same birth and mm-hmm. I never knew where that birth was I thought it just like Came out of a general void, but it, I mean, after this, I was like, holy shit, Tom seems like he was the first dude to really hammer out that structure. He's the guy. Yeah.
2: He's the guy.
0: And he did it out of an influence. Yeah, yeah, he did, well,
2: yeah, his chops clearly just, I mean, again, he's playing ragtime, which is very hard, it sounds, it sounds fun and simple when you listen to it, but it's not, because it's, it's very, very complex. yeah.
0: <laughs> and then he gave it all up. He just he went into yeah. He just
2: decided to go be a teacher. Yeah. which is fine,
0: I guess. But come on, dude. Well, shit. When you invent Jello shots and have <laughs> teaching at MIT, yeah. you can do whatever the fuck you That's want. That's right. I invented Jello he shots. He knew the, the queen. queen of England thinks yeah. I'm awesome. But what do I have to? I don't need to impress anybody. <laughs> we sit here and just try to get laughs. He's like, all right, did that. Now to get time to <sighs>
2: <done."> what next.
0: <laughs> Hey, I got fame. Let me see if I can get rid of my fame and just go off into this ceaseless void of nothing, and still make a mm-hmm. living. It's what a what a great. I'm I'm still glad he's around. I I hope he lives another hundred years and then picks uh, comedy back up. Uh, wonderful, wonderful comic, wonderful musician, and uh, good Jew. You know, one of the good ones. One of the one of the good ones. <laughs> Aren't, aren't all of them that pick up a microphone seem to be fucking just prof? I don't know what is in. I we gotta be Jewish, man. We gotta figure would, out a way. I'd be fine with that. Jesus Christ! I mind. Wait, I can't say Jesus Christ if we want to be Jewish. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Hey, Jesus Christ! We are. Mo- <laughs> that's
2: a that's a terrible impression of a Jewish.
0: Speaking of another Jewish person, that's right. Uh, all. All just <laughs> wonderful people and <laughs> uh, one of the best uh, of not only nice Jewish Tom. people, but comics and musicians. Yeah. This guy is, this guy's a goddamn prodigy. Uh, sure. Both of them are, but uh, Weird Al Yankovic. Yankovic. There you go. Yankov. No, I'm trying to get the, the Yiddish. Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> Weird Al Yankovic. Uh, born in Lindale, California uh, in 1959. He's 56 years old right now. Uh, if you don't know who Weird Al Yankovic is, uh, I, that's crazy. <laughs> you, <laughs> you don't sh- have YouTube. Yeah, you definitely should. Uh, what this is one of Ryan's I love Weird favorite Out. comics ever. I'm gonna let him give you guys the backstory and then bring you can bring him into okay, the yeah, clip from Linwood, uh, born
2: in Downey, California. Uh, from, lived in Linwood, very which was kind of a just kind of your basic good suburb. Uh, grew up very sheltered. He grew, <laughs> skips like second grade. Graduated high school at 16, um, and everybody knows he plays the accordion. The story behind that is, of course, a traveling salesman showed up at their door uh, selling guitar or accordion lessons, and his mother uh, picked the accordion because mom mom knows best, I guess. <laughs> um, and, uh, and you know, the rest is kind of history. Um, I think he developed kind of the goofy, weird persona because he, he skipped... He skipped grades, like, and so he was the smallest kid, and that is a great way to f- be absolutely ostracized immediately, It's just to be the small kid, and uh, just... Also, the smart kid. The smart kid is
0: Right, at 16? I, I mean... Yeah, he's...
2: I'm smarter than all of you so many times over, smarter than everyone in his original class, and the class that he skipped. Yeah. And the class that he was currently in. That's three smart, grades. Smarter
0: than three different grades. <laughs> so. yeah. Yeah, probably and probably not. the ones before him. Yeah, yeah, all <laughs> the C students before him.
2: Yeah, so probably not very, very popular in high school, so to speak, in traditional Abercrombie and Fitch terms. But uh, then he went off to college, where he did radio and started making parodies, and famously did sent like my Balo- you know, his my Bologna cover of uh, my Sharona to Dr. Demento, got on air, and boom, you know, the rest is kind of you know, boom goes to dynamite, boom
0: goes to dynamite. Now, what's the clip that we what, what do they need to know before we get into this clip? All right. My
2: personal favorite things about Weird Al, his parodies, yes, stand alone, very, very good. Everybody knows Fat, uh, Amish Paradise, uh, those are very popular and deserve all the recognition that they get. Yeah. And the reverence. Uh, but I was always more of a fan of his uh, genre parodies uh, or his ability to make like a psychedelic type song. Uh, like his owl originals (laughs) is that what he calls him i don't think so probably Uh, not he needs to (laughs) that's kind of clever Um, uh originals but uh this one is weasel stomping day and i love it because it's just a silly silly fun song that also is just like vatican rag uh sounds very simple musically but if you break it down is very
0: complex and we'll get into that when we come back quite later Let's listen to Weasel Stomping Day. Enjoy.
1: Faces filled with joy and cheer. What a magical time of year. Howdy ho, it's Weasel Stomping Day. Put your Viking helmet on. Spread that mayonnaise on the lawn. Don't you know it's Weasel Stomping Day. Brushing weasels beneath their feet Why we do it, who can say? But it's we- such a festive holiday So let the stomping fun begin Bash their weasels, skull skulls right in It's tradition that makes it okay Hey everyone, it's Weasel Stomping We'll have some fun on Weasel Stomping Put down your gun, it's Weasel Stomping Day Hey, then hooray, it's Weasel Stomping Day
0: That was Weird Al Yankovic with Weasel Stomping Day, and man, fucking weird, because uh, <laughs> that's what he does, and I know you guys are going like, what the fuck did you just have us listen to, right? That Now, he has a bunch of song parodies, we all know those, but the reason that Ryan and I wanted to pick this one especially is because, one, it's an original, I don't think you can get more into someone's psyche hearing their most original work, right? Mm-hmm. Satire... And parody is great. Uh, you still get to see a part of the personality, but this really kind of showcases Weird Al more than anything else. Yeah. Now, what we were talking about, we'll start with musically. It is, It it sounds, uh, technically, Ryan broke this down for me, it's very complex, even though it sounds as simple as shit. I know it sound, when I first heard it, I was like, is this a 1970s holiday special? And that's when Ryan was like, fucking yeah that is what it's supposed to be and it's then weasel stomping day yes and <laughs> you said to me it sounds simple despite its true complexity with the band and him just like conducting chaos get into that yeah well okay yeah it starts off just
2: with basic simple um you know strings and some uh some woodwinds i believe or some brass you know some horns and things and, and or, or flutes and stuff and wood and uh, yeah multiple strings. fucking instruments yeah several yeah. several orchestral instruments just setting the stage for like a like you said, a holiday special or just some big theatrical production. And then there's just a grand choir coming in singing this goofy song about a about a, a preposterous tradition. And um, and just even the choral arrangements, you hear them just singing over one another and harmonizing and just pushing the the melody along uh, in a very, very fun, uh, not easy way. Just It's not just three notes that you kind of jump around. They're going all over the... You know, all over the whole scale, and
0: and uh, just... So he's doing, like, most, like, guitar acts and music acts that I see, like, do, like, two or three chords, mm-hmm. and then write funny lyrics. You're saying, this guy fucking conducted, in this song, this fucking nothing song, sat in a, <laughs> in a booth and conducted at least a 15-piece band? Something like that.
2: I mean, it's probably, realistically, it's probably just all done on a keyboard. If you're gonna be on, if, uh, you know... If you think about it, it's probably fair I'll enough, do. but but, but that technically doesn't... he's yeah. st- it's still 15 pieces. Because, simply because the technology is available to do that. were yeah, yeah. a few years earlier, he would absolutely need like a full Family Guy style orchestra. Yeah, yeah, To 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 do it, so he probably just did it that way for you know you know to make it make it easier on him. But that doesn't take away from like I'm sure if you were to just look at the sheet music, it would just be just one. Each part would just probably be. Three feet long, you know, because it's sure. just
0: uh, with different. Uh, so know. just because the technology exists to where he could do it in front of a keyboard doesn't take away from the fact that he could also take what he wrote and put it in exactly. front of a,
2: a. Well, we used to have printing presses and you know just wood <laughs> wood set type, and now Fair we enough. have keyboards. Sure, and sure, same thing.
0: <laughs> so he, like we said at the beginning, he this song as dumb as it sounds is at. Uh, you know, an elite level of someone who very is producing. Maybe, yeah. maybe I mean, I I, I don't want to make it hyperbolic, but uh, Weird Al's had a great, great fucking career of originals and parodies, mm-hmm. and which is should be against all odds. <laughs> that is against all odds <laughs> with how fucking it, it, he's an, goofy a goofy hair. Yeah, it's a success story that shouldn't t-shirts. be a success. But would you say producing wise, he's as musically talented or could be, maybe not as musical talent, but it could be talked about in the same conversation as someone like Quincy Jones. Is that too hyperbolic? I mean, I know Quincy Jones is the fucking man. He's a legend for sure, but Weird Al's talent is um, his
2: ability to go, yeah, I can do that too. He absolutely, you know, he can take a Quincy Jones type song, like Fat, for example, and he recreates
0: oh yeah, Quincy perfectly.
2: Yeah. Recreates it perfectly, tone for tone, note for note. And yeah, it might be, you know, hindsight might be a little easier to recreate, but the fact is, yeah, he can't do it. And he, then he
0: goes on in his, you know, original pieces to show, like, I can do all this. I can, I get, I can do all this by myself mm-hmm. without having to piggyback off of somebody else like Quincy Jones. Right,
2: yeah. And that's, that It was where the true genius of Weird Al lies, is just his ability to do it all, just all himself.
0: Now, here's a question I just thought of, and I, I want to bring this up with you, uh, since you are the expert, um, what about what about people who could say right now that uh, yeah, all of his, um, all of his biggest hits were all parodies. None of his originals were parodies. So does that mean that that takes away from his originality? Or I mean, what?
2: Ooh, that's a good question.
0: Um, i th- I don't think so. I think
2: it just makes it. Easier to digest uh, for, for people because a lot of people would be <laughs> resistant to a like a silly song being on the pop charts. Say except for say maybe uh, tenacious deeds, you know, fuck you softly or whatever. But you, you know, Weird Al kind of that's a really good question. I really don't. I don't. I don't. I don't well, a, okay, but answer for that because like, because
0: like, but here's the thing: people the, the are people wonder... like
2: taking music way more seriously than it needs to be. And Weird Al takes that serious song, Amish Paradise, for example, very serious subject matter, yeah. and he's like, yeah, but what if it was, like, goofy, you know, and
0: and is able to make a great song out of a great song. Well, this this is what I was getting to, so I'm glad that I, I kind of stumped you, because when we were talking about this, you said uh, what made this stick out to you more than anything was the, the complexity of something simple, but then you said it was also fun and weird to the nth degree. Mm-hmm. And I 100% agree with you that in order to be a real pop song, it either needs to have... Uh, it, what parody gives it to you is it's uh, you get the nostalgic factor, so it's that, but then he can twist it and make it weird and make it his own, which is where you get uh, Amish Paradise and all, all this bigger stuff. But... With this, it's original, there's no nostalgia, but it's weird as shit. Mm-hmm. So you have to be on board, whereas something like Tenacious D, I think what they're great, right? Sure. But I think what takes away from that is their stuff has a real, not a linear thing, but a story that you can get behind. It's still, it's still goofball, but it's nothing like, hey, let's go stomp <laughs> let's go put on our
2: cloud and stomp the guts out of weasel. Yeah,
0: that, I mean, there's no, there's nothing you can really. Uh, you have to get it. You have to, you have you have to, to be, get it. Yeah. Fuck me softly. That if, everybody, for, yeah. for all you guys don't know, it's basically a song about it, the the whole um, story behind that song. Yeah, everybody screws. Everybody screws. They fuck. And hey, we need to do it softly and gently and not hard and whatever. So it's basically an anti. Uh, like, hard fucking song against uh Nine Inch Nails or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Um, great song, I'm not taking it away from it, but I think that's why I wanted to ask that question. I think what Weird Al was doing and what we said at the beginning is that his integrity is that he's always been the fucking crazy, awkward dude with an accordion mm-hmm. and against all odds just because of his simple he's talent. He's got chops. He He overcame being a frizzy-haired Jew in a... Fucking a tiny Hawaiian shirt with an accordion, <laughs> and somehow became cool. And he did that with his musical and comedic now. Yeah. That's what I was. That's what I appreciate about it. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, I yeah. I think I think that detracts from anybody out there going like, well, how come he hasn't? Because he's fucking weird. You have to get it, and when you get it, you appreciate. And also, you cool. appreciate it. And then if you actually spend some time, you appreciate not only the jokes. But and you can you know comedy's subjective, so you go oh, all right. Maybe maybe you don't get it. Fine, I got it right. Maybe you, like fuck me softly better. I understand that. Good but, but the chops, I think, are what the musical chops. I think are, is what sets him apart from everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to go back to what you were saying, just to
2: him versus traditional pop stuff. Comedy never gets the respect of drama in, in terms of music or movies. Across the board, uh, how many? I mean, you mean you know? People keep talking about there should be comedy awards. There should be comedy awards, but that would ruin the comedy. That's the whole point of comedy—to not be. It's the dirty muskrat who had, who gets to hang out with the the swans. Yeah, <laughs> you know, or or the the court jester who's who's in the exact same uh, you know uh, uh, kingdom as, or is the exact same throne as the king. Is pointing and laughing, going like look, look this dummy. Comedy will never be cool. It can't be as cool as drama. And a lot of pop music
0: is very, especially lately, is very dramatic. And yeah, with fucking Adele and everybody, yeah, for sure. <coughs> I think um now, so that's that's the musical side of Weird Al. Um, the uh, when when Ryan introduced this song I've actually never heard this song before until we started talking about Weird Al I've heard all of his like popular stuff for sure I grew up with Weird Al but uh I really I really do like the song we were talking about at the very end right this seems like just a really dumb uh almost satirized thing about like 1970s holiday special like claymation shit mm-hmm. uh the the music video if you go online Uh, is done by Robot Chicken, uh, the guys from Adult Swim who have, like, toys and shit. And it's just a bunch of people stomping on weasels. Um, So enjoy that for what that's worth. (laughs) So it kind of looks like the claymation (laughs) stuff. It's real fun. Look it up. Um, But at the very end, they said that line of, uh, we stomp on weasels because it's it's tradition, so it's
2: okay. That makes it okay. Hey, hey, come on, it's weasel stomping day.
0: When I heard that, I was like, holy shit. And I I brought this up to Ryan. Now, this is all conjecture. I don't know if this is true or not, but it did make me feel like, and in Weird Al's had this in some of his other songs, where he like just slips in little kind of satirical jokes or uh, making a little bit of commentary through his stuff. And it made me that line made me think that this song came from him like reading or hearing about some weird tradition they had it in a town in Idaho where they, and I know some towns actually have this, where like one day a year they go out and just go clubbing uh, Mm -hmm. jackrabbits. I grew up in Kansas and I know back in the Dust Bowl, they used to do that. Yeah, They used to be just jackrabbits so they the whole town would get out and they'd all have billy clubs and they're like, yeah, let's go kill rabbits. And so I'm imagining there's one town out there that still does something fucking weird like that and he heard about it and so he made this like real fun holiday special song about it, Mm. kind of to make fun of it. I mean, it doesn't seem like he's making fun of anything until that popped up in my head, and I was like, holy it's shit. It's all a build-up
2: to that punchline.
0: Yeah, that. and it, it and he just moves on. like it In, at, in the music video, it makes it great, too. Uh, the 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 song itself stands on its own, but the music video uh, of the claymation, they're just going around stomping on stuff, and so one person is, it, like in the song, going like, hey, can we do this? And he's like, it's okay, it's tradition, and he just smashes the brains out of a weasel, <laughs> and you're just like, holy shit. Uh, and so it's completely goofball, but it it made me feel like oh, wow, Weird Al does go after does go after shit, and yeah, uh, he does that. He does that in a lot of songs, and it it made me go like, yeah, holy fuck, he does do that.
2: I took away from that thinking that he's making fun of all traditions in general. Yeah, just pointing out that all traditions are inherently ridiculous. The holidays, everybody be nice on the holidays. What about the rest of the year? Eh, not hey, so much. Yeah, yeah. But the holidays, okay, we'll be nice on the holidays, get presents on the
0: holidays, think about others only on the holidays though. The rest of the year, piss off! I gotta go make my nut. Yeah, make yeah, making fun of it, like this. This could be a holiday. Yeah, just because people just say it's holiday.
2: tradition. Yeah, just because it's a tradition, it somehow excuses awful behavior, just so long as everybody agrees, it's okay. And that's that's what I took away from it, but. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, I, th-
0: I think we're both. You kind of went bigger scope with it, and I 100% agree that that's probably what he was going after is maybe both the micro and the mm-hmm. the the macro.
1: But yeah,
2: and he does it in a way with that kind of holiday, or, or rather, 70s type holiday special music. Just again, just back to the point we're saying: a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. You know, the, the music really can diffuse a tense a tense situation and. um and it just makes it just makes it so much more palatable and it just showcases his ability to recreate an entire genre because it does, like you said, sounds exactly like just some back to school special or some after school special that we've all heard a thousand times and he takes the notes and the elements from that and just uses it for his own <laughs> buffoonery, so yeah. to speak.
0: The the ability to recreate genres, like seemingly out of nowhere to invoke uh, like an emotional response. Uh, he does it armed only with uh, music, like armed specifically with musical notes and his absurdity. Mm-hmm. And that somehow it just sets the stage for
2: the setup and then the, the punch. It's tradition. That makes it okay. Hip hip hooray. It's weasel stopping day. Squeeze.
0: Yeah, and then he, and then it's fun and catchy too. Like it, yeah. it, there, there's so many uh, ah, layers. You know? <laughs> Weird Al's got so many layers. Mm, he
2: cites layer as an influence as well. So there you go. Oh, he does. Yeah, so it all kind of plays into
0: that. So if uh, now I have to ask this because uh, I I, I want to nail this down. We we both agree, uh, especially after research that. Uh, Tom Lehrer was the Lenny Bruce of musical comedy. He was the one that really ushered in musical comedy to the modern, <clears throat> the modern ability and era to be able to do it at a, a high, elite, intelligent level. Sure. What what era has Weird Al raised the musical comedy okay. genre to? Yeah, I think he's just like the
2: next incarnation of that, like George Carlin was to Lenny Bruce. Um. Sure. Um. Only, it. I guess it took a little bit longer. <laughs> you know. Sure. Sure. But sure. he's like the he's the next guy because especially it seems with musical comedy anyway there just seems to be eras like uh there just seems to be like one guy or maybe two that's allowed to do it and everybody else just writes the rest of them off as oh just they're just copying Weird Al or they're just doing uh Tom and Layer cut type stuff kind of thing so I think Weird Al just in the eighties just became. That face of um, just became the guy. Just became that guy. The face of comedy. Or well, what musical comedy? But what specifically did he change the game on? Was it oh, his parodies, oh, he changed, or was, he was it? He did a great job. He does a really great job, like with his just like just taking the drama out of pop music and just and let's polkafy it. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So okay. he, he just takes just takes the drama out of it and shows it for that it can be. As ridiculous as it's all in how you present it, and I think that's uh, what I think that's a lesson of Weird Al's. Just it's all in the presentation.
0: So w- with what we said about uh, Tom, he he used to the 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 ragtime thing. He was using the music to also be the atmosphere for mm-hmm. his jokes and almost a joke in itself. You're saying Weird Al did that and then expanded upon it to where his the music itself, just the notes, uh, are a joke in itself, which is the the weasel stomping ground. Like, the, the, it was very purposely done to be that, you know, holiday special genre. Right. Uh, so that way it would make the palatableness of making fun of her traditions even easier to yeah, take yeah, in. For sure, for sure. Yeah, he just,
2: he takes what would be kind of something that people would be, uh, people are, people like their traditions and they would be resistant to someone making fun of it. But if you look at it through this context then you can kind of see oh i guess it supposed it is kind of goofy and silly that once a year we light off fireworks and then the rest of the year we were wonder why there's greenhouse gases and and all that stuff.
0: And I love I love that I, I mean we we both agree how talented musically he is or, and that choose, like he, he like he definitely could be a pop star and arguably is but he chose to point mm, out yeah. how like dumb pop stars are and pop music are. Yeah. And even despite him wanting to do that genre to, you know, polkify it, make, make fun of it, uh, you know, satirize it, he then became a pop star. I mean, people yeah, know through, weird <laughs> out. So like, through, he, him, he, through him, through him legitimately going, yeah, defying music, it, he became, he became a pop, a pop, pop star. star. He was like, I, I know I, I have the chops enough to do it, but I'm a weird guy, so I'm just going to make fun of it. He's like Rudy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's the Rudy of comedy, where it's Top like... music. There is there's no... If you sat him down... In, if you sat his life structure out in front of like a producer, of like, ah, oh, what do you think of this guy? Like, Give him a headshot, his bio, before he blows up, and be like, do you think this guy's going to be big? No. And fucking 10 out of 10 would go, no. no. There's no way. And yet... Simply based on his Jobs. M- his musical and comedic ability, was mm-hmm. able to transcend. And I I don't want to be hyperbolic here. So since you're here, usually I'm hyperbolic, so you can <laughs> give me a swift kick to the nuts. But I really That's think good at I really think that he not only uh, transcended music because he kind of at least in my experience, he's broke across all barriers. Yeah, in uh, absolutely, genres, generation. Race, religion, like he, I mean, th- there's a lot of people from a lot of different creeds, colors, religions that love Weird Al just oh, yeah. because he goes across. His concerts are a family for totally family, family for fr- but then there's like hardcore comics that love him, like, yeah, he, yeah. So he goes across that musically, mm-hmm. right? Comedically, he and then, also, oh, yeah. I think he transcends comedy because he took something which, uh, you know, and I don't want to, uh, I don't want to degrade musical comedy, but in, in, in stand-up comedy, at least we get a little bit of you know pig nose. We turn our nose up to you know prop comics, yeah. musical comics. Well, there's just puppets. been so many hacks at it. Sure, that, sure.
2: That the diamonds really are that rare.
0: But but what I'm saying is, I think he's transcended comedy in that I. Personally, I don't know of too many people that say... I know people that say that they don't like Weird Al, mm-hmm. but I don't know anybody that says they don't think Weird Al is either entertaining or funny. I've never heard that. I've yeah. just heard people go, he's not for me. Not for Yeah, That's and, and that's, that's the
2: worst that people can say about him. Yeah. And that's, I think, I going
0: mean, back to your question earlier, that's
2: where he differs from Tom Lair, because Tom Lair is very, very heady, very, very academic, and Weird Al is... Clearly absolutely graduated high school at 16. very very smart person, but he makes it much more he's family friendly and that's the difference like
0: he he takes intelligent ideas and not dumbs them down, but he just, fucking it's puts them in a very yeah. simple, crazy way, a very easy to understand context
2: by using you know traditional or using uh, uh, current pop songs and using traditional forms and using uh, genre, you know genre parodies. So that way, little twelve-year-olds like me can steal his sister's weird LCD and just go, "What is this?" and just go, you know, just explore from
1: there.
0: <laughs> well, i uh, i i think I think we sucked these guys' dicks long enough. Uh, we played. Them. My lips are chapped. Hey, we played both of their uh, both of their flesh flutes for uh, <laughs> as long as we have. Um, I I hope that both of you. Uh, both of you. I hope you guys. <laughs> both of you listeners. Thanks, Dad. Uh, I hope that. Uh, and Sam's mom. He, I hope you guys both uh, or go check out both of these guys, uh, Tom Lair and uh, Weird Al Yank, Vic. Uh two, two, I think the the best out there. There there are certainly others, but you have the alpha and omega in my in my belief. I'm, I'm sure there will be many more talented people after, but as as it stands right now. Uh, you know, the genesis and the rev- uh, revelations uh, of the comedy musical <laughs> book that we have now. So please go check them out and thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed uh, me bringing in somebody more uh, expertise and to run ideas off of. Uh, because listen, I may be a pretentious asshole that talks into your ear about comedy for, you know, our, uh, Whenever you listen, but I will fully admit I don't know everything and sometimes you uh I think you need to be humble. You need mm-hmm. you need help in research and you need uh need a, need a little bit of uh you know, nice pick me up as far as intelligent levels when you don't know stuff and that was Ryan today. So Ryan, <laughs> thank you for Yeah, thanks for thinking I'm an expert. <laughs> hey. I've it, it, listen listen to uh, the last episode of Just a Tad, and you'll hear Ryan shred on the guitar and sound like uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. So. <laughs> Thank you again, Ryan, and thank you guys for listening to Dissecting the Frog. We will be back next time, and please go out and explore comedy. You know, what we just said was all horse shit, because uh, (laughs) comedy is subjective, and uh, I just hope that we can give you an appreciation for something that you may have not appreciated before, or Uh, enlightened you a little bit more about what you appreciate and appreciate it more because comedy is uh, the last great American art form so uh, go out and explore find a joke find some funny love you all very much we'll see you next time bye